for the first time ever. A Phantom Rant limited series. Coming exclusively to Phantom Rant Radio. Covering the Snyder Cut. A six-part limited series covering the journey to the Snyder Cut. Featuring six chapters. Chapter 1, The Vision. Chapter 2, The Downfall. Chapter 3, The Movement Part 1, Rebirth. Chapter 4, The Movement Part 2, The Happening. Chapter 5, A New Movement. And finally, Chapter 6, The Announcement. Release The Snyder Cut. Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. For my whole life, I didn't even know if I really existed. But I do. And people are starting to notice. Yo, these guys whack. Welcome back to the podcast, Phantom Rant Radio. Yo, welcome back to Phantom Rant Radio with Peter and Steven. The Moses Bros. On our very first Phantom Rant limited series. This is something we've never done before where we are launching kind of a six-part thing. It'll be chapters one through six of breaking down the journey to the Snyder Cut. So guys, this is going to be jam-packed. Each episode will probably be around 30 minutes. We'll release them twice a week and it's basically just going to be a journey from the idea of the Snyder Cut to the announcement. And before I hop into what each chapter will be about and the titles because these titles are pretty dope i'm not gonna lie i want to introduce the boys so peter and steven are back on phantom rant welcome back boys what's up good Uh, to be back yes sir it is peter has spent over (laughs) two years building this outline (laughs) because he's been that confident that the snyder code is coming out in every episode peter has been in he has mentioned the Snyder he Cut. He can't just no, not. No, I have not. No, I've, he no. has mentioned the Snyder Cut in every episode. And now, finally, after years, not only an episode, but a Phantom Ranch series, a limited series dedicated just to the Snyder Cut. And this wasn't even my idea. Thank you, Jack. It was actually Jack's Shout idea. Out Jack Shout out Kensler. to Jack Kensler, co-founder of Phantom Rant. <laughs> the only person with the common sense to realize that The Last Jedi. Oh, no. Okay. It's we don't a good want to talk movie. about Last Jedi. We are going to talk about... The Snyder Cut. So oh, yeah. basically right now, before we hop into chapter one, which is this episode that you're playing right now, oh. I'm going to briefly mention the titles of the chapter. So chapter one, if you're listening, you know this one's called The Vision, which basically we will break down Zack Snyder's original vision and plan for his DC universe. We will mention a little bit of the downfall, but we're going to save that for the next episode, which will be titled the downfall. This is where we start talking about the timeline. So basically throughout all these chapters, we'll briefly give you, I don't know what you would call it. Like we're building a timeline. Building, yeah, basically a timeline of when this all started basically in 2016 with filming. And we're just going to go down. And then in chapter two, we're just going to mention the downfall of justice league and everything that happened and went into play into justice league becoming basically crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and then chapter three, which is titled the movement. We're basically, we're just going to talk about the beginning of the Snyder Cut movement. And this will kind of be a part one, part two. Part two will be chapter four, where in this one, we'll talk about the beginning of the Snyder Cut, all the resistance there was, people saying it doesn't exist. Um, We'll hop into all that. And then the timeline of Zack Snyder um, posting on Vero and everyone calling for it. And then chapter four, finish the timeline. 
with some of the biggest events that happened regarding the Snyder Cut. And then the next two chapters, chapter five, a new movie, a new hope, or a new movie. Ooh. The Snyder Cut is a new hope for DC. That's it true. Is. That's where we'll talk about that. That'll be the only episode of heavy spoilers where that will have basically everything we know that will be different about the Snyder Cut. We'll just break that down. And then in the final one, chapter six, the announcement, which is where we'll talk about basically the future of DC films um, and the future of this new embarkment that HBO Max has started with the Snyder Cut. But yeah, we're super excited to break all this down for you guys. So without further ado, guys, chapter one, The Vision. Oh, yeah. So basically... If you guys don't know Peter and Steven, they are hardcore. Well, really just Peter. Peter is a hardcore Snyder fan. He's a Snyder cultist. Wow, he really rude. got me into Snyder. Like, not going to lie. Before knowing you guys, I was like, eh, I don't really care. But as I've gotten to know you guys, I've seen how his movies reflect a lot of the comics, animated movies. Dark Knight Returns. It's one of my favorite Batman movies. And Peter is here in the flesh to talk about Snyder's vision. So without the further to do, Peter... Yeah, so first off, I want to ask you guys... As Steven yawns. <laughs> what your each of your initial reactions when, you know, finding out that we got the announcement? Oh. I mean, I was watching it live. I was supposed to be doing homework. Or work. supposed to be doing work uh, <laughs> virtually online, but I couldn't resist. And it was after Henry Cavill popped on the live stream. And then, you know, Zack Snyder. The, at first, I was really scared. Because they're like they one person asked about the Snyder Cut, the big the big bad question, and then they're kind of like avoiding it, like they weren't really talking, like not really addressing it, and we're getting kind of scared. And all of a sudden, Zack Snyder just whips out a picture of the poster with an announcement that'll be released on HBO Max in twenty twenty one. Yes, Stephen. I was doing work, you know. My, I was doing my job on like uh, our, our certain host, Brian. Ooh. Yikes! <laughs> so I didn't actually really know until you know Peter because he also watched the Zoom call. I don't know anything better me. to do. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He has no job. Yeah. He's filing for unemployment <laughs> saw, right now. I saw your mention. You 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 uh, shared something in our Hail Snydra. Yeah, that's right, Hail Snydra. Ryan named it that, by the way. Anyways, that group chat. I think it was actually Steven who named yeah. it that. Okay. Um, but you you literally it was like five seconds after they announced it, I was like still yelling, and I got like a text from you. I'm like, how did he know that? Like how? It was that fast? But yeah. Yeah, Peter probably had that like pre-written. He did. Just waiting to send that. <laughs> the he already knew it was coming out HBO Max 2021. Yeah, Peter sent it to me first, and then sent it to our group chat, which is really sketch, but. I was like, yo, no way. I want to freak out, but I'm in a meeting right now. So <laughs> I got to make sure that I mute myself for a hot second. <laughs> Just mute. Yeah. Yeah, I no, that was crazy. Super exciting. I was dancing after the meeting was over. I went up, put on my Snyder shirt. Just rocked that for the rest of the day. Now, here is the thing. Yes, the Snyder Cut's coming out. But if I'm being honest, if this doesn't have... If I don't get a scene of Batman on a horse, <laughs> I don't want this movie. Oh, boy. You'll see Batman on a oh, horse. Yes, I can. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Anyways. I'm sure most of you who are listening to this, basically all of you know who Zack Snyder is. He's probably been the most talked about director in Hollywood over the last four years since BVS has come out. So within oh, this yeah. last four-year time span, just the most talked about and discussed director. And I would say most controversial, too, because mm -hmm. like so many people love him. But then there's a lot of people 
that will go unnamed that just don't like whatever he touches. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we'll address that, I'm sure. Yeah, so a lot of the big complaints about Zack Snyder and his DC movies and some of why people are, are um, you know, unsure about the Snyder Cut and everything and mm-hmm. um, is because a lot of people think that Zack Snyder does not understand DC characters. He does not understand comics. And we can literally debunk that right now by saying, <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> and this whole chapter is going into that. Yeah. We'll go into his vision for these characters and how he got that from the comics, which comics he took the aspects of these characters and why he chose to, you know, portray these certain aspects to the big screen. Yeah. And before you clicked on this episode, you probably weren't thinking you were going to get a head full of comic content but strap in because that's what's gonna happen (laughs) yeah so steven and i could probably go through each every decision in man of steel and bvs and like basically every decision each character makes particularly like superman and batman and basically go on for like three hours talking about every decision like how it aligns with the comics and stays true to the source material but we don't have time for that wait wait. superman doesn't kill (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's something we'll talk about so um so that so obviously We'll talk about Superman, the foundation of the DCEU, the center of Zack Snyder's vision and his arc um, that he created. So the big comics that Zack Snyder drew from portraying Superman were Superman Earth One, especially for Man of Steel. Like the the story mm-hmm. for Man of Steel is taken, like I don't want to say panel for panel, but like basically almost every story beat is taken from that, especially from Volume One of Superman Earth One. And it takes a lot of stuff from Superman Peace on Earth, which very heavily influenced BVS. He took some, a lot of stuff from Kingdom Come, uh, from Superman Birthright, Superman Secret Origin, For Tomorrow, Lex Luthor, Man of Steel, John Byrne's Man of Steel run back in uh, 1986, and Dan Jurgens' uh, run in the 90s, um, which obviously was kind of like the death of Superman is, mm-hmm. is in that. And for you guys listening, obviously, I've never read all of these Superman comics, but you can take the Moses Brothers word for it because they have pretty much read every comic out there. So these guys are pretty informed. Yeah, Steven is definitely like above me, but like it'll it'll be weird um, for Steven because I'm like, yo, have you have you read this? And he's like, yep, man. It's like he he, he talked to me the other day. He's like, yeah, I kind of read. I feel like I think I think I read out. Of, I think I ran out of Batman comics to read. <laughs> And then, then we found a new, a new. This is off topic, but like a new version of Civil War in my room, a Marvel run of Civil War that we've never seen before. I just have the actual it's copies like some of it. Outside story of Civil War. It's really interesting. Yeah, I don't know. We'll probably read it eventually. <laughs> yeah, move in, yeah. but like, anyways. Yeah, back so, to DC. <laughs> so just um, addressing some of the complaints, and I, I will say this about uh, Stephen. So Stephen's definitely out of any person that I know, like knows the most about comics, about DC, about like all that. And um, something that I definitely found very interesting with Steven Mm -hmm. um, is Man of Steel is a fairly controversial movie, not as much as BVS, but still, Mm -hmm. you know, fairly controversial. Superman's my favorite superhero, Batman's Steven's favorite superhero. Mm -hmm. Because Batman's better, but yeah. Batman is better. Disrespectful. I'm sorry, sorry. Batman is (laughs) disrespectful. And so I always tell him, yo, have you read this Superman story? Have you read this one? You should read this. And he's like, I don't want to. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) No, 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 it's just one story, and I don't read it just to annoy him. (laughs) But no, no, it's very interesting. So Steven's not a big fan of Superman stories. 
stories. I'm really not. He, he mm. likes Superman as a character, but he just in general for his stories. But that's one of the things that is very intriguing to me, why Stephen loves Man of Steel so much. Man of Steel is probably the best comic book movie since The Dark Knight, uh, not including Joker. Oh gosh, here we go. Joker's better than Dark Knight. It is, but you know. Oh no. Okay, but here we go. We're going to get into some of the big complaints that people have with um, Zack Snyder's um, version of Superman. So pretty much everyone loves Henry Cavill in the role. I don't Mm -hmm. think anyone legitimately says Henry Cavill is a bad casting. You know, some people just basically have a problem with with the directing. So one of the big, the biggest complaints about Man of Steel was Superman kills. Okay, so. That's just really annoying because first off, obviously, most people don't read comics. Yet, you don't even need to because there's a precedent with live-action movies. And Christopher Reeve in Superman 2, he takes Zod's powers away, he breaks his hand with a smile on his face and throws him down into like a chasm. He didn't kill him, he just threw him away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so like it was only in the Donner Cut that came out 26 years after the original Superman 2, the Lesnar Cut, that it was revealed that Superman didn't kill him. Mm-hmm. Yet for all those years, it was just like, oh yeah, you know, Superman killed him. It's just he did it with a smile on his face yeah. versus, you know, Henry Cavill Superman crying out in agony after he's forced to kill Zod. I'm sure you're going to mention this again, but you showed me a DC run of Superman comics about Superman through the eyes of Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. And it's very dark. Like Superman's seen as like a dark figure. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, obviously, that's out there. Yeah, so people a lot of times will use the whole, oh, Superman in the DCU isn't hopeful and optimistic. But hope and optimism isn't an emotion. It's a state of mind. Mm, Preach. So it's not like, oh, like, Superman's happy. Of course he's not happy. He's an extremely polarizing figure. The world is talking about whether or not he should exist. Superman can be in one place on the Earth saving someone, and then another place on Earth, you know, that's another person could be dying. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, but he could have saved that person too. But then he chose to save this person. And it's like, that that's not something that's really been explored in previous like live-action interpretations of the character, especially. Mm-hmm. Like in comics it is. Um, but Zack Snyder definitely explored that. Like, how would that weigh on Superman if he had to actually, you know... Decide one- who lives and who dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into this because Zack Snyder did have a five-movie character arc for Superman, mm-hmm. and we'll get into that. But Dan Jurgens, who is one of the greatest Superman writers of all time, I think he's the best writer of modern-day Superman, um, he actually said that Man of Steel basically executed Sod's death better than it did in the comics. Yeah. So it's like, when you have people like that, like Dan Jurgens praising Man of Steel like that, especially the killing aspect of it... Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, what are these, you know, people who only watch the movies and even heck, read the comics are going to say to that? Yeah. Um, obviously something else is something people think that, oh, Superman's too dark and, and things like that. I want to point out that, um, in Justice League, the animated series, how Superman wanted to go and stay basically, what was it on, um, on Apocalypse before it blew up? Yeah. To just kill, to kill to make sure to kill Darkseid. Oh yeah. And Kevin Conroy's, you know, as Batman, he's like that idiot you know <laughs> before he runs <laughs> off to try to stop him because superman's literally willing to risk his own life not to you know save any people but to say no i'm gonna make, make sure, sure dark side dies yeah. you know like if zack snyder did that with superman in live action people would be like oh my gosh it's so bad like just like that <laughs> just like that <laughs> um you know i i remember the other day 
I showed you panels from Superman for Tomorrow, which is a comic that definitely inspired uh, Superman in the DCEU. How that's mm-hmm. Henry Cavill's favorite Superman comic, actually. Um, and how the way that Jim Lee draws Superman on that, if Zack Snyder shot Superman like that, people would like be losing their minds because they'd say like, oh, it's like too dark yeah, and everything, which they already do complain about that. I and mean, like people have very much like, they like to pick and choose what they remember, I feel like, from these particular character, uh, these portrayals of comic book characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that... Well, I mean, like we've talked about this, like um, one of our good buddies, Matt Butler, he likes... Um, the Dark Knight version, like Dark Knight, um, trilogy. Nolan trilogy, Nolan trilogy, Batman, better than Ben Affleck, and I mean it's not it's not wrong. It's his preference. Yeah. Um, but when he bases that off the fact that that's who he grew up with, and it, that's because it's nostalgic, and that's why he's a better Batman, that's not okay. But if he likes it more, like that's totally fine. Christopher Nolan chose Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. People, a lot of people do not know this. Christopher Nolan and David Goyer wrote Man of Steel, mm-hmm. and they were tasked by Warner Bros. to make a Superman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and Christopher Nolan shows Zack Snyder. Here are two quotes that Christopher Nolan himself, the great Christopher Nolan, has said about Zack Snyder. Zack was the perfect man to take this on. He's unbelievably skilled at, cre- at creating a coherent, cohesive world, whether it's a very stylized world like 300 or something that's more challenging, more varied like he did with Watchmen. In my mm-hmm. honest appraisal, taking on Superman and creating that world is far more difficult than creating the world of the Dark Knight. He has a lot of finishing to do on the movie. It is a very long post-production schedule because unlike Batman, Superman flies. Mm-hmm. I actually feel guilty talking about it because I'm sitting here having nothing to do with it. I try to be as supportive as I can, and I'm just amazed by what he's doing. It's something that I would not know how to do. That's kind of crazy. A quote from the goat. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Calling Nolan. Zach the goat. So does that mean Zach is the goat goat? Um, Daddy goat. Daddy goat. <laughs> and then another quote that he said, um, regards to Zack Snyder taking on Superman, he said, Zach has innate an innate aptitude um, for dealing with superheroes as real characters. That was what a new approach to Superman required. He understands the power of iconic images, but he also understands the people behind them. Yeah, so ultimately, the last thing I will address with regards to Superman is him dying in BVS. Mm. A lot of people had a problem with this. Um, and so, first off, when Stephen and I mentioned BVS in this, you know, during this series, um, anytime on the podcast, we're referring to the Ultimate Edition. We're not referring to the theatrical cut. Unless we specify the theatrical cut, we are referring to the three-hour Ultimate Edition, not the two-and-a-half-hour cut that was released in theaters. Right. And we will get into why we don't like the theatrical. Yeah. yeah so just regards to the to defending the death of how Zack Snyder chose to kill Superman in BVS. Um, first off, Dan Jurgens, who, like I said, one of the greatest Superman writers of all time, he wrote the death of Superman. He loves BVS. Christopher Nolan also liked the idea when Zack Snyder mentioned it to him. He was initially opposed, but then actually gave the reasoning for it. And then uh, Snyder, I mean, then Nolan was on board with it. Um, Snyder was actually doing, obviously, we'll talk about this more, a five-movie arc. Um, and then this is a world that ultimately hadn't accepted Superman. It's all about that aspect of greater love. Has no one that decided to lay down one's life for one's friends after he sacrificed himself. People realize, oh, he this guy literally, you know, gave up his life for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the quote by Martha where she says, "Save the world or don't," because you don't owe them anything. And like, I want to mention this now. Me and Evan, my little brother, we watched BBS like a while ago. He never saw the extended edition, and he literally fell in love with it <laughs> because he's a sucker for movies that 
are more than just fun and um, flashy lights and action. Where like BVS, Man of Steel, they have overarching messages. Like I can think of like 10 messages in BVS um, that it communicates in like a five um, five part movie where it's like a tragedy. You've talked about this, yeah. um, like a Shakespeare tragedy where it's it's symbolic in so many different ways. And like that type of movie is, you can watch it so many times and you get something new every time. Plus Evan works at Subway now. <laughs> the official sponsor for the Snyder Cut. <laughs> the official Snyder Cut restaurant. Um, yes. Yeah, so ultimately it's the death of Superman in, um, use how it was in BVS, in the DCEU. It very much serves a story aspect because it realistically causes the Justice League to need to be formed. And, and because, obviously, the big gun, the most powerful man in the world, is gone, and there's another threat coming. So what do we need to do? We need to get the band together. So that's what causes Batman to have to do it. And I can't think of a better tribute to the character of Superman. Mm -hmm. The Justice League is literally formed because he's gone. Yeah. You know? It's an interesting take. I like it. Yeah. And so remember, guys, if you have not seen... If you guys are like, ah, oh, BVS isn't good, like, everything, um, watch the Ultimate Edition. Go watch the Ultimate Edition. If you edition. have not seen it. And if you still don't like it, that's fine. You go know, movie, but... GoMovies.com. Like, honestly, <laughs> you guys can respect all of our opinions on this podcast because you guys have grown with us as we started. And from my experience, guys, before we started Phantom Rant, I really didn't even like BBS because I hadn't seen The Unlimited. The Ultimate Edition. Ultimate. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't seen it. And it's such a different... It's honestly a different movie. Yeah. Um, and so, last thing I will say about Superman's character is Zack Snyder sums up Superman's character in BVS um, during that, like I was mentioning that uh, media montage where they're talking about Superman, um, where they say, we've always created icons in our own image. What we've done is project ourselves onto him. The fact is, maybe he's not some sort of devil or Jesus character. Maybe he's just a guy trying to do the right thing. See, that is a fantastic analysis of Superman mm. and shows that Zack Snyder and Chris Terrio, who wrote BVS, get Superman as a character... Whoa. Chris Terrio, writer for BVS. <laughs> and <laughs> Oh yeah, and he's also the writer for Rise of Skywalker, but we're not going to talk about that because he also said that that movie has the most studio interference he's ever experienced during writing a film. <laughs> um, no, but, I'm glad I got that out there. But no, look at all the people who say, oh, this isn't my Superman and everything. Like, it's their projected view of what Superman is supposed to be, um, whereas this Superman literally encapsulates the idea of Superman and the essence of Superman from the comics that he's just a guy trying to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. So, I will. I've I've ta been talking for a while, clearly. Um, but oh. so I will hand Batman off to our Batman expert, mm. Stephen. Let's pop in. So obviously, <laughs> I kind of fell asleep when Peter was talking. <laughs> Before we get to Snyder's vision, a lot of people don't like Ben Affleck. Now, Stephen, why do you like Ben Affleck? Because he's sexy. Oh that gosh. is a fact. <laughs> I love Ben Affleck, man, as Batman, because he's the most comic accurate Batman to this date. You know, in live action. I really am disappointed I've never gotten a line from Batflick going like this. Hmm. Henry Cavill does that a lot in The Witcher, by the way. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> Henry Cavill as <laughs> Batman? Ooh. <laughs> Just kidding. It's getting okay. off topic. Okay. Yeah. So, Stephen. What about what would you say to all the people who say that? Uh, well, how is Ben Affleck the most comic accurate? He kills people. <sighs> yeah. So does every other Batman except for George Clooney, but we don't count him because he has <laughs> nipples. <laughs> <laughs> but in every every Batman movie, he's always killed somebody. Whether it's Keaton, 
uh, Kilmer, Bale, yes, Bale. Oh my gosh. He blows up a building with a bunch of ninja in it, first off. Second <laughs> off, he kills Harvey Dent. And then third off, he completely runs over Talia's driver. Well, he shoots and, at her. He runs through uh, the, runs, the truck in the dark night oh, in yeah. the tunnel. And he blows up Talia's driver. No yeah. big deal, but... Yeah. I don't kill. But I mean, besides that... My rule will never break. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> ben Affleck really is the best representation, live action, we've ever seen of Batman. Mm-hmm. He holds that tragedy of Batman close to him. And, like, that's the thing. You know the new Justice League War, uh, Dark Apocalypse? Or mm-hmm. Dark, Justice League Apocalypse Dark, Apocalypse War. War. So Batman is under the control of Dark Side, and then spoilers! The, whoa, whoa, whoa. Spoilers. Okay, spoiler alert! Spoilers. Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen this new animated movie, the only like, me and Evan were joking like the only thing that's going to turn Batman is remembering his parents, and well, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, because like you could say that's predictable, but that's his character. He's defined by that event. And when you leave that, that's not really Batman, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what Nolan's Batman felt like. Um, just kind of a guy who wanted to do the right thing. Where you really need to understand Batman's tragedy is that. He wants to prevent anyone from ever experiencing what he did as a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's, and it always comes back to that. Because it's funny. Because That's I'll, why he's the best superhero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the tragedy. <sighs> okay, so um, it's, it's kind of funny because um, we're not... We, as BVS, as fans of BVS as Batman, we don't justify him killing in BVS. It's just the double standards where, you know, Tim Burton had Michael Keaton's Batman kill, no one batted an eye. Christopher Nolan had Christian Bale's Batman kill like a hypocrite, nobody bats an eye. Zack Snyder has Ben Affleck's Batman kill as a character arc. And everybody loses their mind. So, Steven, would you like to explain to everyone what this character arc is in case they don't know? Absolutely. So, Snyder takes Batman and he says... We're going to have you wear the cowl and have the symbol, but you're not really Batman. You strayed from that path. It's a reverse character arc in a way for Batman, mm-hmm. where he takes Batman and says, you started off as, in a comparison, Batman from the animated series, where you had that no-kill rule, where you had standards towards this. And he kind of talks about that in that opening monologue, in a dream, you know, uh, what falls has fallen, in a dream they took me to the light, the glorious light. But he talks about that in the movie, explicitly says that. I don't know like how else you missed that if you were well, like paying attention. If but. you watch the theatrical, it's kinda hard, but in the ultimate edition of BVS, like it is so clear. The movie opens with him saying there's no redemption for man. And at the very end it's like we will rebuild. We yeah, have men to. can like, rebuild. It's a men completely are still good. different Batman. And that's why I love this movie so much. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Yeah, so um Last character that I just wanted to sh- quickly, very quickly cover, very briefly, um, is Lex Luthor. Lexi. In BVS. Mm. Now, obviously, most people are very much like, oh, j-, like, most, the vast majority of people will say that Henry Cavill is great casting as Superman and Ben Affleck is great casting as Batman, but, but oh, they might not like the direction or whatever, their performances, but then people will straight up say, oh, Jesse Eisenberg is a terrible casting as, as Lex Luthor and oh, his performance is just whack. Before we get into talking about Lex in BBS, I want to say one last thing about Batman. If you guys want to learn more about, it's like a little sponsorship. If you want to learn more about the Ben Affleck type of Batman, a darker one who's been doing this for a long time, go watch or read the comics, but go watch the animated movie, The Dark Knight Returns. And that's kind of what BBS is based off of. Mm-hmm. So go do that. Yeah. 
not really based off, more so inspired. It's inspired. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Not, it's, it's not. It's not. Yeah, like yeah. it's just inspired by that type of Batman. That brawl, the brawler, bruiser, brutal, yeah, type yeah. of. This isn't a mud pit. It's an off. And if you guys want to laugh, if you guys, if you guys want a good laugh, go look at the comic art of Batman. Oh my god! In that comic series, The Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we will get into that. Anyways, <laughs> Lex Luthor. Yeah, so uh, obviously people, definitely a lot of people have a problem with Lex. Mm-hmm. He's not uh, supposed to have hair. <laughs> no, um, so this Lex Luthor is based off of uh, Lex Luthor from Superman Birthright, where he has, he's younger, he has longer hair, he's kind of eccentric, he's like too smart for his own good. He's got long red hair. Yeah, long red hair. Um, even like Lex Luthor and like other like comic series have like has had red hair that's tradition that's traditionally the color hair that he mm-hmm, has had mm-hmm. um and so i th- i just want to give a quick history of lex luthor so i mentioned john byrne and his run on the man of steel um back in 1986 so he modernized lex luthor for the modern age that's how he became that um suave businessman type lex luthor um before that, though, from his creation in 1940 all the way to 1986, uh, he was kind of portrayed as a mad scientist. He wasn't portrayed as, oh, th- look at, um, you know, this, you know, big, tall, charismatic uh, charis- billionaire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was portrayed as a mad scientist. In other words, Dwight Schrute. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Dwight Schrute, the actor form, does voice Lex Luthor in these new animated movies. Anyways. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, and so he was portrayed as a mad scientist. So Zack Snyder kind of combined the two. He took a modern businessman, um, kind of like what people would be in, uh, uh, what's the term? Uh, Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. And took the mad scientist and put them together. Took uh, Superman Birthright. Um, obviously, Mega es- really escalated and showed off the daddy issues that Lex Luthor has and yeah. his motivations. Oh, Lex Luthor has always had daddy issues. Dude, here's the thing, like, let me tell you, Lex Luthor's motivation in BBS, like, whew, that's a pretty dang good motivation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even and in the theatrical guys, cut, it's made perfectly clear, but yeah. people still made, were like, oh, that makes no sense what he, why he ate Superman or whatever. So, like, if you guys don't know, let me explain it in a quote. We used to think devils come from below, but we know better now, don't we? And we're watching you, it. You're, you're watching it, it so bad. <laughs> Someone say it. <laughs> All right, Steven, say the quote. We know better now, don't we, Senator? Devils don't come from the ground below. Hell beneath us. Hell beneath us, they come from uh, above. Whatever. <laughs> Basically, it's like he was abused by his dad growing up, and there was no one there to save him. And now he sees the Superman figure, and he's like, well, he wasn't there to save me. So, I mean, it's it's like, it's simple, but it's mm-hmm. like really deep at the same time. Yeah, and honestly, J- Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor is literally the best... Um, live action interpretation of Lex Luthor on the big screen mm-hmm. by default by the fact that he actually hates Superman mm-hmm. and not oh and how he is in Superman the movie how he's like wants to get Superman out of the way because he's gonna get in the way of my real estate plans right <laughs> yes real estate my ultimate goal in life <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um I will talk we will be talking about him quite a, a decent amount in the throughout this series so I'll introduce him now uh Jay Oliva is uh, a guy who worked with Zack Snyder on Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Justice League. Um, you might be guys wondering, like, oh, why is that significant? So he has worked in the DC animated universe for like 20 years. He directed The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2. He directed um, Flashpoint Paradox, Justice League War, 
tons of other um, DC animated movies in the uh, DC animated movie universe, and like the New 52 mm-hmm. uh, universe. And he has been extremely adamant that, oh, Zack Snyder understands DC characters, that, oh, yeah, the Snyder could exist, that he's been like... <laughs> He like roasts people on Twitter like all oh the my time. Gosh, not to yeah, mean, this man makes people cry. Like he's a, he's a definition of cyberbullying. <laughs> like if you say you don't like Zack Snyder or the Snyder Cut, you're gonna get your ass whooped <laughs> by this man. <laughs> no, yeah. So he's he's been extremely adamant that yes, and so everyone loves the DC, you know, animated versions of characters. And so this is a guy who's literally directed them. He's directed episodes of Young Justice. He's worked. He's worked on and storyboarded so many other DC animated uh, projects. Oh my god, probably one of my favorite. Yeah. So this guy has lived in the DC animated universe for like twenty years, working on stuff. Um, and he's been very adamant that yes, Zack Snyder one hundred percent understands these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't go into the details of all his quotes. Um, that would just take too long. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, um, I will, obviously we will talk about him quite a bit. I will go to my next thing, which is like a, just a quick overview of comic book creators who have praised Zack Snyder's take on DC characters. Let's hear it. Uh, Dan Jurgens, he loves Man of Steel and BVS. Like I said, he's one of the greatest Superman writers of all time. Oh yeah. Uh, he wrote the death of Superman. Uh, he's literally, he created Doomsday. So he clearly didn't have a problem with how Doomsday was in, in BVS. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's done so many, so much great work on action comics, like even in Rebirth until Brian Michael Bendis came oh, along. Oh my and- god! <laughs> <laughs> hey, while we're talking about Doomsday, we got a really cool thing—a little Easter egg in the Man of Steel watch party. Yes, we did. Okay, I just want to briefly mention this so we can get hop back on the uh, combo creators who praise Zack Snyder. But basically, Stephen, what happened? Basically, that moon in Krypton. There's was a shot destroyed. in Man of Steel. Yeah, where it of, shows Krypton's moon, and it's all like broken up and everything. Uh-huh. Apparently, that was destroyed by the OG Doomsday. Because in BVS, um, it said that this making a Doomsday has been done before, but never again. Yeah, so it's never like, will it's like, another deformity be allowed be to be made, created. Yeah. But like, that's it's such a cool Easter egg. Mm-hmm. I would kill to see what yeah. that would have looked P- like. People try to say, "Oh, he's just you know, this is you know, he's." Just changing the you know the doomsday thing because of uh, he got backlash to the design. It's like no, like yeah. he Snyder literally had a legit plan. He planned out like every single step, mm-hmm. even the the whole flash. Uh, I guess you could say the little cameo in BVS. Yeah, how Zack Snyder wasn't inter- intertwining his five movie arc through a uh, little end credit scenes he was literally intertwining them through the actual movies themselves mm-hmm. like the nightmare sequence and everything obviously it feels really tacked on in the theatrical cut because everything's so chopped up the yeah. pacing is whack there are plot holes yeah watch the ultimate edition but like that's the tragedy of it Zack snyder knows so much about the comics and if you know comic books you appreciate this so much but obviously general audience i mean i mean yeah like, mm-hmm. you, you know they just yeah yeah so <laughs> the next person i'm gonna quickly mention is jim lee so he's like the chief creative officer of DC right now. He's uh, the artist of Batman Hush, Superman for Tomorrow, a bunch of like stuff in like the how the New Fifty Two, how that ori- how that originally started, um, and is just he's he's my personal favorite. I think Stevens as well, our favorite comic book artist. His um, art in Hush is god dear. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, even like Superman for Tomorrow, which definitely doesn't live up to Hush, it's kind of supposed to be Superman's version of Hush in a way. That's what my guess is. The reason why I actually enjoy that comic is because of Jim Lee's art. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a quote. This is an actual quote from Jim Lee um, when asked about 
uh, Zack Snyder. He said, Zack is a comic book fan and draws inspiration from the comics. He doesn't need to be given advice. He's a talented filmmaker. Mm -hmm. He's a super stylized visualist. He'll do stuff no one has ever done with the Cape Crusader and blow everyone away. He knows how to take the sensibility of comic books and do what other filmmakers don't know how to do. You know, a good comparison with Zack Snyder in filmmaking would be like Dave Filoni in Star Wars. Someone who's a massive fan of the com- mm-hmm. of like the source material, the OGs, and knows how to communicate that in a way fans would appreciate and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Jim Lee actually also drew storyboards for Zack Snyder's arc. Mm-hmm. So for his first five movie arc. So he helped him uh, put all that stuff together. Um, uh, next thing, next question that person I'll quickly mention is Frank Miller who wrote The Dark Knight Returns, Batman mm-hmm. Year One. He said Ben Affleck was great as Batman, and his Batman was the biggest inspiration mm-hmm. uh, for Ben Affleck as Batman. Yep. Uh, Brian Azzarello, who wrote Superman for Tomorrow and Lex Luthor, Man of Steel, he said that Henry Cavill is the best Superman. Um, Brett Booth, who's a really great artist for a lot of uh, Teen Titans comics, he said that uh, Man of Steel and BVS are his two favorite movies ever, and he, um, has, he very actively... Uh, supported the release of the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here's a little crossover. This isn't like a big uh, DC artist, but uh, Rob Liefeld, he created Deadpool and he really heavily uh, lobbied for the release of the Snyder Cut and uh, loves Zack Snyder's movies. And Good stuff. So that's Zack Snyder understands comic book characters. Now to the arc. <laughs> if you made it this far, <laughs> we are now to Zack Snyder's original plan for the DCEU. So actually something that uh, happened was I think when Nolan and Goyer were originally tasked with making Man of Steel, I believe, I, and I think this is actually from Zack Snyder himself. He actually said that it was supposed to be a standalone standalone Superman trilogy, similar to Man of uh, similar, similar to the Dark, to the Dark Knight trilogy, trilogy, where Superman was just going to exist in his own little mm-hmm. universe, and there would right. be no other heroes. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, and now some people might say, "Oh, but see, they rushed things and everything." But they did, <laughs> and they rushed to BVS. But no. <laughs> Sometime between the time that Snyder was announced um, as director and he started working on the project and the end of post-production, Warner Bros. decided they wanted a cinematic universe. Okay, they'd been trying to build a cinematic universe for a while, and this is like, okay, let's try to kickstart it here. So, according to Jay Oliva, who obviously worked on Snyder's arc he's, with him. He's an established guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, BVS was planned before Man of Steel was even released. So this is a quote from him. Back in April 2013... So this is before Man of Steel was released in June. He said, I was tasked with doing the Superman 75 short. I met with Zach, who was the executive producer on it, and he showed me storyboards of BVS with Batman already in it. And it was a Batman from The Dark Knight Returns. I know Mm. this as a fact because I was there, and I remember it very clearly because I I was sad I may not get the opportunity to work on a film that used Miller's The Dark Knight Returns as an influence because, well, you know, I kind of did a little film on that. Um, So was there a plan to do a sequel? Uh, Man of Steel 2, I guess you could say, when Goyer and Nolan wrote it. I don't know for sure, but you can bet that prior to June, there was a plan um, for BVS. Yeah. Later that year, he Zack Snyder called him, and he flew to, do, uh, flew to Detroit to start working on BVS with Zack. Mm-hmm. One thing that's interesting to note is, do you guys remember the initial BVS Comic-Con announcement? Yeah. Which yeah. is probably the most like wild announcement where obviously it's like at the very end you see the Superman logo and then the Batman logo appears with uh-huh. it. That announcement, if I'm not wrong, wasn't that before um, Civil War was ever a concept? Yeah. 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 Because I'm pretty sure the original plan for that movie for MCU Civil War was supposed to be like secret invasions. I think or it was Serpent it was, Society. It, 
It was a Serpent Society. I, I think it was Serp- Serpent With Society. With Hydra and all that. Kind of after the downfall. Yeah. Uh-huh. But then they... I don't know. We don't know if they changed because they're that DC no, the, was doing the Russos, this. Russos, I think it was either Russos or Feige literally admitted that um, DC greenlighting um, BVS gave caused them to realize, oh, let's do Civil War. Mm. So I mean, <laughs> Civil War was rushed. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I mean, there, there, I okay. We won't get into this, but it'd be interesting to see your guys' opinions. Talking to the listeners, which movie you like better, BVS or Civil War? Ooh. So, uh, I mean, send us some feedback. You know how to do that. You slide, know where to find Slide us. into the DMs. Slide into our DMs. <laughs> Anyways. Yes, but back to Peter. ultimately, people always say, oh, man, where's the Man of Steel sequel? And, you know, people are fighting for a movie for Henry Cavill to get now, you know. But BVS is the Man of Steel sequel. By definition, what is a sequel? A movie that comes after. Jay yeah. Oliva actually said this. Man of Steel was never supposed to have a you know, technical solo sequel because it was supposed to be chapter one of a five chapter story. Mm-hmm. Notice how BVS falls exactly after Man of Steel. It's like book two. Yeah. Um, see, so Warner Bros, despite the, you know, ideas that, oh, Warner Bros rushed to, you know, BVS or whatever, they didn't. Snyder created a five story arc Five movie arcs centered arc. around Superman where Superman grows to become the ideal of hope that we know and love. You know, these were these move th- these five movies were Man of Steel, BVS, Justice League One, Justice League Two, and Justice League Three. Mm-hmm. Not uh, to mention in the second installment of this arc, and let's just throw in the like pretty fantastic arc for Batman while, while we're doing Superman. <laughs> we might as well throw that in there. Yeah, no, he he very much wanted to start these characters from the bottom and yeah. grow them into the characters that we supposedly quote unquote know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of, it wasn't just going to be these five movies though. He created, once they said they wanted a cinematic universe, he created in a way a sandbox for other directors to branch off and tell solo stories that they wanted to with the characters that they were handling, such as Patty Jenkins with Wonder Woman. That very much style follows Snyder's vision and what he kind of, you know, the direction he wanted to take with the Wonder Woman character. Mm-hmm. Um, that Because he's the one who cast Gal as Wonder Woman. Um, and so... Uh, the see, here's the thing: the five movie arc was easily be able to continue on after he was done, soft rebooted or completely rebooted. Like, you know, it was just going to be like a, a some an arc with a beginning and an end. Mm-hmm. It's not like the MCU where we don't know when the MCU is going to end. Obviously, <laughs> like they could have ended the Infinity Saga yeah. after Endgame or something, but you know, who knows? They're making money, so we know how Disney is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's what makes a, like a thing so great. Like. Star Wars trilogy, like trilogies, are so great because they have a fantastic start and a fantastic ending. So, yeah, so so people like the sequel trilogy. <laughs> oh <my> Shut <laughs> up! Do not talk I'm about kidding. The I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, Stephen thinks the sequels suck, but the, yeah. just the last shot is the best one. But anyways, so these five movies, if I'm not mistaken, I might be hopping ahead, but it was Man of Steel, BBS, yep. mm-hmm. and then three Justice League mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So Snyder didn't rush anything. It's simply because he wasn't following the MCU formula with solo movies building up to events like BVS and JL, um, that people's like, oh, they're rushing. Um, so the narrative started very early once BVS was even announced that Warner Bros. was rushing, and this narrative has carried on and been repeated so much that people accept it as a fact. Mm. When was the MCU formula of solo movie, solo movie, solo movie, solo movie, team up? When was that ever like a thing of how you're supposed to make movies? So what, are people going to tell me Lord of the Rings was rushed? Gandalf... Yeah. Needs a solo movie. Get up, never got a solo movie, dude. <laughs> the next thing we should be asking for, guys, since we already got the Snyder Cut, is a Gandalf solo movie. Guys, 
The original trilogy of Star Wars is finally complete because we got a solo, solo movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's How can I care about Darth Vader if I didn't get a solo movie for him? Okay, but, but seriously though, can we please have that? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. No, it's like, it, heck, even by that logic, did the MCU technically rush things? They didn't. I didn't see a solo movie for Hawkeye. We're finally getting one for Black Widow. But you know, <laughs> she's Nick dead already. Or, Spoilers alert. <laughs> she's dead. And she's like, wait, DC just did a female-led movie that was actually fantastic. Crap, we need to do that now. <laughs> yeah, where's uh, who do we have? Uh, we don't want to use anyone else. Ooh, you let's do uh, let's Super do Captain Karen. Marvel. <laughs> yeah, Cosmic uh, Karen over here. God. Anyways. Yeah, heck, I mean, Spider-Man and Black Panther were introduced to the universe. Steve and I think they were introduced very well in Civil War, but, I mean, where's the solo movie? You know what I mean? That is actually a very good point. Spider-Man and MCU is the best in Civil War, not even his solo movies. <laughs> know, but you Maybe know, Homecoming. It's Anyways. not it, even close. <laughs> but it, it, it's, like one of the, it's like double standards. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of been prevalent throughout the dceu with that zack snyder with the media fans just you know and that's why we're kind of in the position that we're in right now yeah that's true hashtag release the snyder code <laughs> <laughs> i will mention one thing uh one final thing before mm-hmm. i guess we close off the first chapter oh yeah like um that. um chris terrio and deborah snyder um before bvs even came out talked about how bvs was going to be always be the darkest movie in mm-hmm. the you know, the Snyderverse, I guess you yeah. could say. People always complain about, oh, Man of Steel and BBS. It's so dark. Why is the DC Universe so dark? That's what I never like, understand. Why are you complaining that it's dark? Batman is supposed to be the most gritty person ever. I will cover I will cover this in Chapter 2. Ooh. No. Spoilers. <laughs> um, no, but it's like that, that, that narrative um, started like, oh, it's it's so dark. And it's like, yeah, two movies by the same dark. I, even Man of Steel is not even dark. Like legitimately, that's not. It's just people are so used to oh the uh, the slapstick t- humor of the MCU where <laughs> oh, no, even, a building blows up, someone cracks a joke. No, or even Christopher Reeve Superman movie. How people just have this image in their head of him smiling all the time. When even Christopher Reeve Superman, he's not like such a one-dimensional character like that. He actually mm-hmm. you yeah. know had moments of anger, of of sadness. You know, heck, he you know got so angry he flew so fast he turned back time <laughs> to save lois like talking about being bipolar <laughs> yeah so um it's it's kind of one of those things where you know that this was all part of the arc uh you know the whole saying is it's darkest just before the dawn you know and blackest the night, dawn brightest of day justice oh. beware, beware my power Green Green light. Light. at least the suit wasn't cgi oh. <laughs> yeah, not to mention dc suits are amazing aquaman <laughs> <laughs> you know um but it's kind of one of those things where Zack snyder wanted to ha- take superman through this journey you know what i mean and take these characters through put show them at their low point so then we see them at the high point when we see superman you know you know, smiling and being quote unquote hopeful. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, we'll remember the, the struggle he went through and the character growth he went through to get to that point yeah. where he, he can smile and be like, yo, I did something for Earth and Earth appreciated it, low key. It's you know, basic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With, um, cause ha- it's, you know, that Martin Luther King Jr. quote where it's like, you know, the, char- the character of a man is not from like where he stands in times of triumph, but in times of like mm-hmm. hardship and trial. That's it's literally that. Like yeah. Superman, he, no matter what bad things happen to him in Man of Steel and BVS, he still did the right thing no matter what. Mm. So I'm saying, man, powerful messages in movies always get me. 
Like I just watched. This is so off topic. Before we hop into <laughs> chapter two and before finish we close this, this one, one, before we yeah. we gotta close this first. But I just watched um, Forrest Gump. That's just one of those movies. It like is. it's like I'm not gonna lie. It's like BBS. It's like I don't like Jenny. It's movies like these, like Dark Knight, where it just presents a powerful message. Mm-hmm. Mama said. Life is like a box, box of, of chocolates. chocolates. You never know which MCU movie you're going to get. <laughs> Anyways, guys. Except all the MCU movies taste the same if they were chocolate. Oh! <laughs> Anyways, guys. So that is finishing this episode. I'm hopeful and glad that you stick through this entire episode. This it's was, a lot of information. Might, you might have started this episode as like not liking Zack Snyder. And now if you listen to this, you know why we love him. And I hope that you can kind of understand our... our, our uh, you know, our, our perspective. And that's why we wanted to do this first, because when mm-hmm. we get into the timeline, next chapter and all these other chapters to come, you can understand why this is so important to us, the yeah. Snyder Cut. Yeah, even if, you know, you don't like Zack Snyder's movies, which is perfectly fine, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just actually, you know, understanding where he's coming from and knowing that, yes, he does understand comic book characters. Right. If, if Man of Steel and BVS aren't your thing, you know, you got dif- we all have different tastes in movies. That's, that's true. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. You can dislike them, but like, don't be out here trying to be uh, like, oh, Zack Snyder ruined Superman by making him kill someone. And if wow, you're like me hot. and you fell asleep, <laughs> oh my god, and you fell asleep during this episode, you can just replay and then go on to number two. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. All right, guys, so we are going to finish this episode. Um, right now, actually. Yeah. And so stay tuned. Chapter two will be coming out very soon. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it'll be released on Friday. And that will be titled The Downfall, which is where we will start our journey to the Snyder Cut, talking about the beginning of the timeline back in 2016, all the way back when filming first started in February 2016. And in that episode, we'll just break down the downfall, just like what went wrong and everything we hate about the theatrical. And then... And the chapter after that, a little foreshadowing, we'll talk about the beginning of the movement. Wow. All right, boys. This has been a fun episode. A great yeah. episode. We'll yeah. see you in the next chapter. Send feedback. Please. <laughs>